This question about where this Packers offense is going under Matt LaFleur has been haunting me over the last couple days. We talked about it on yesterday's show about me believing I was misguided in the way that I was thinking about this, which was the way that a lot of people were thinking about this. But I wanted to take a look back to see what in Matt LaFleur's past could tell us about where this offense can go, should go, might go, will go. Because in order to know where you're going, it's always useful to know where you've been. We dig into that on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast now. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. We had Jordan Rodrigue on the show a week or two ago to talk about her new series, The Play Callers, over at The Athletic. A story and series of stories about the Kyle Shanahan tree, where they came from, what they learned, what they did together, what they brought out of one another. This is truly an iron sharpens iron kind of situation. And I found it incredibly useful as I try and figure out, as I try and push forward and prognosticate what we think is going to happen here with this Packers offense. And so there were a number of things that I took out of this series, a number of things that I think are really useful in looking back at Matt LaFleur's history, what he was raised in, steeped in, with this Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay experience that he's gone through. And there was this great quote from Richmond Flowers, who was a coach on the Washington staff. And he said that Matt LaFleur was the most detailed coach he'd ever been around. This was on this virtuoso Washington staff that had uh, Mike McDaniel, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan. They worked with RG3, doing all sorts of different things. And Richmond Flowers said that Matt LaFleur ended up getting MF'd, I'm not getting it, you, you know what I'm saying, more than anyone, um, but that he had earned it. This was not some, you know, cronyism situation. I, I thought it was interesting that what, in 2016, Sean McVay took from that Falcons team was Turbo. That Falcons team used no huddle in in 
selective spurts. And eventually it was their demise because Tom Brady in the no huddle offense ended up coming all the way back. We know what happened 28 to three. But it was that turbo package that Sean McVay ended up borrowing. Sean McVay's OC in 2017 in his first year in LA was Matt LaFleur. They put together that turbo package, that no huddle package with Jared Goff and they turned around Jared Goff in one of the biggest two season turnarounds we've ever seen. From one season to the next, it is as big a turnaround as we've ever seen with Jared Goff. And one of the reasons was they pushed tempo. And we also know Sean McVay is giving information in the heads that is basically identifying everything Jared Goff needs to see and know, hey, all right, backside safety, he's rotating down. You've got this, this, and this. Let's throw this. He was as spoon feeding it to Jared Goff. Now that eventually didn't work and they had to change and adapt and do all of these things. But a lot of that was done after Matt LaFleur. Interestingly, though, last year, Three of the slowest teams in the league were coached by Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, and Sean McVay. The Packers were second slowest. Only the 49ers were slower last year in terms of seconds per play because the Packers take the shot shot clock. The play clock down to zero basically every time under Matt LaFleur. Or should I say under Aaron Rodgers? Is that going to change? What's interesting and I was actually talking to Jordan about this, is how often, and we talked about it on our interview and we were talking about it off mic, how often these guys come to the same conclusions. They solve these same problems. And so what what the Shanahan offense, the Kyle Shanahan offense was born out of was attacking cover three. It was the Seattle defense. And with Dan Quinn, he saw it every day in practice and he had Dan Quinn in a torture chamber. And it wasn't until... He was in San Francisco with Robert Sala, who started to introduce these quarters coverages, and it was Vic Fangio to Sean McVay. That is what changed everything for this offense, this tree of offenses, the Vic Fangio style of defense. It's why Joe Barry is the defensive coordinator for the Packers, because this Fangio style, Raheem Morris, same thing on that Fangio tree. He's, he's more from that Tampa 2 team tree. Joe Barry is also from that, but... Got that Fangio education in L.A. under Brandon Staley, who's now in L.A. And they, you know, are are playing that defense to counteract all the offenses. A third of the league, almost half the league is running this version of offense. And so it, it makes sense to have a defensive coordinator who's going to try and meet the challenges that these offenses are providing for defenses. Now, are they not running tempo because the tempo doesn't work? How much of that is because of all this motion? Well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like motion. So if you're not going to use the motion, why wouldn't you go to tempo? This is is a question that we need solved and has not been solved. I, I would love to know the answer to this question. When you look at that Rams offense, and this is something we talked about yesterday a little bit that I, I, of course, it hadn't even come out yet. So I hadn't seen it. I hadn't heard it. But there's this note that Sean McVay went into his L.A. tenure expecting to use a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of two tight ends. 
and they didn't have the tight ends to do it. So they ran 11 personnel with three receivers, but they had Cooper Cup. They had Robert Woods. They had guys who could block like tight ends, especially from the slot. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods will get after you. And so they ran, according to McVay, a lot of the 21 and 12 concepts that Kyle Shanahan used in Washington. But they ran it out of 11 personnel, and it made me wonder. We talked yesterday about this 12 personnel, that the Packers are an outlier in the Shanahan tree on early downs. They use 12 personnel a lot. Kyle Shanahan doesn't. Sean McVay doesn't. Could Matt LaFleur be going the other way? Where he's saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in 12. All these two high looks, we are going to kill you because we can play big. You're going to stick in those two high looks. We're going to have two tight ends and we are going to run the ball down your throat. And if you rotate into single high looks, now we have mismatched tight end players who can run like receivers and can attack you in the passing game. So you're taking the, the same sort of advantage that McVay created, but you're flipping it. Well, Aaron Rodgers may not want you to lean all the way into stuff like that. Could you get it done with Jordan Love? These are interesting questions. And just on that note, on that Aaron Rodgers note, there's this great nugget. Kyle Shanahan tells a story. And by the way, Play Callers is incredible. I, I should have said that up at the top. Go listen to all of it. I'm not going to spoil it because there's so much in there. So much great stuff. But this makes me laugh. Kyle Shanahan adapted play action passes from Paul Hackett's scheme into his system. Matt LaFleur brings that system to Green Bay and takes Paul Hackett's son, Nathaniel Hackett, and they adapt the Hackett stuff with the LaFleur stuff, with the Shanahan stuff, to make an offense for Aaron Rodgers. And what Aaron Rodgers is bucking against is the Shanahan stuff, the play-action stuff that was developed so that he can go back to the Paul Hackett system. Well, the Paul Hackett system created the play-action system, so time is really just a flat circle. All right, more on this fascinating history as we try and project forward here with Matt LaFleur. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. I wore them today. I'm wearing them. Actually, I'm wearing them right now. I'm wearing them right now. They are incredibly comfortable. They are. They fit immaculately. And I, I love them. I love wearing them. I love the lining. I didn't think I would love the lining. Honestly, I didn't. But I... I love the lining, especially in the summer. You, you need a little help. You need a little help. You need a little protection sometimes. Bird Dogs fixes the issues. That regular shorts, cotton shorts, those that, that chino material. No, they've got this cloud knit fabric that, that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a slimmer fit, but you're not sacrificing movement. Plus, you've got the, the sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long, which is really important right now when it's hot it is hot. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter to enter promo code locked on NFL and get that free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or or promo code locked on NFL for that free Yeti style tumbler. You will not want to take these things off. And thanks to everyone who makes locked on Packers their first listen every day. Every day or um, later on the week, Cody Alexander um, from Match Quarters who's in this play callers doc is going to come on to help us break down the Joe Barry defense, what they were trying to do, what he thinks they can do, how this team can get better, all that good stuff. That's coming up later in the week. 
So this McVeigh offense, Robert Sala defines it this way. They're chasing space. You can't defend all the space in the world, but you can keep moving space on them. So for us as a defense, what we evolved is to keep moving the space and the stress. Robert Sala's defense, which isn't anything that fancy, deploys defensive linemen that can create havoc, that can get upfield, that can create negative plays. That is what the Packers have said outright they want to do. So this has defensive implications as well. Devontae Wyatt was drafted to blow up Shanahan tree offenses. Kobe Wooden and Carl Brooks were drafted to blow up Shanahan tree offenses. The Packers went to wide nines like Robert Sala to blow up Shanahan tree offenses. The defense, which was forged in practice. Jordan Rodriguez said on our show that the impetus for this series was actually a practice in LA between Brandon Staley and Sean McVay because they're going after one another. And so you're you're trying to find the rules and break the rules and bend the rules and tack the rules. And the reason Matt LaFleur brought in Joe Barry and the reason they want to run this defense is because he felt like it was the toughest defense to prepare against precisely because they play against your rules. And if you're the Packers, the reason one of the reasons they've been able to continue to manufacture offense is because they know how to attack those defenses. They go against that defense every day in practice. So I want to tie this into what we were talking about yesterday with the offense maybe looking more spread out than we were thinking. This is Jordan talking now. It's no coincidence that when Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford installed the new Rams offense, They decided they would spread out the field wide with their pre-snap alignment and make the defense declare itself pre-snap by using empty formations. They'd see the defense the entire time, even if they rotated after the snap. And that's what they did in Cincinnati. She does point out that Zach Taylor, who is also on this coaching tree from the Sean McVay school, did that in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. It's also kind of what the Packers did With Aaron Rodgers. They spread everything out. In 2021, they played more four receiver sets than they had played since like middle McCarthy years. When they when they had, you know, all of those receivers to to put on the field at once. That was their counter. And of course, that's how Aaron Rodgers loves to play. Let's go empty and and let me see the defense. The defense has to declare. They can do less pre-snap shenanigans. And so You have a really good vision of what you're seeing. And if you're not going to go empty, you can go four wide. doesn't have to be four true receivers, but four in in the formation split off from the actual line of scrimmage, a running back in the backfield. And now you can run all of your single back runs, which the Bengals do. I expect the Packers to run some pistol where you've got two running backs in the backfield and you've got 21 personnel. The 49ers do that. They, they, this was something they, they went back and did with Robert Griffin. It's something that Mike McDaniel has done with Tua. And so I think it's something the Packers can do with Jordan Love. But if you go back to that Philadelphia game, they went empty. A lot. And they said, okay, 
We're going to make you declare as a defense. And I went back and just watched some of those plays. And what you see is Jordan Love processing at a high level. Well, one of the reasons why you do that is because Jared Goff, in all of the ability that he has, Mina Kimes tells this great story. In the Super Bowl, there's a play that should have been a touchdown. It's play action. The Patriots rotate out of the pre-snap look that they were in into something else. And it ends up, there is a player open on the backside of the route, but it, it breaks Jared Goff's brain. This is the, the case against play action. This was the case early on. This was something that you know we heard whispers about when Matt LaFleur was coming in. Actually, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like play action because you have to turn your back to the defense. Kevin Clark, our pal, wrote about this for the ringer. He doesn't like pre-snap motion because he wants a static picture of the defense. He wants to have the defense declare. He wants to use the cadence to try and get defenses to declare. Well, the reality is you can do both. We saw Jordan Love, even in limited reps, use his cadence to get guys offsize in preseason. He was doing it in the spring, really effectively, in fact. So how do you, how do you find the things that you can put together that work for you? Well, it's about what, what makes you comfortable. There's a quote from Matt LaFleur about compromise and trying to put together an offense that, that make things work. And the quote was about putting together an offense with Aaron Rodgers that would allow you to say, okay, if he's confident in the play call, Everyone else is going to be confident in the play call. And that gets you to a place where you're more likely to have success because everyone, the quarterback especially, is confident in what they're doing. And that is an important thing. So Jordan Love comes from a shotgun world. So if he's more confident in that version of the offense, maybe that's where they need to go. The quote is, I do think if the guy in the huddle the guy that's calling the play, if he feels comfortable and confident in the play call, those other 10 guys in the huddle can feel that. And they've got a lot better chance at success. That is a, a, a great quote, first of all. But it is also a keen understanding that it's not just what I want. It's not just what I do. You have to find ways to make this work for everyone. So in the discussion yesterday about this pure distillation of Matt LaFleur, well, every offense has to be both a distillation of what the coach wants and what the quarterback is good at. Now, you can see there are moments with Jordan Love where he is processing it at a high level, he is reading out his concepts, and he is making throws with accuracy on time. There are going to be times when he goes outside of structure. They, they are going to still use a lot of play action. Where does love ultimately fall in the spectrum? Kyle Shanahan is willing to call eight passes in a playoff game because he thinks he can design a good enough run game to make this all work. Sean McVay felt like he had to hold Jared Goff's hand to the point that he, he goes out and he makes this bet on Matthew Stafford, now the bet works. 
So where does Jordan Love fall in the continuum? Is he a button pusher? Or is he someone that can do more? Can he do the Matthew Stafford? Maybe not in year one, but let's let's talk about eventually. And then what does that mean for Matt LaFleur? Well, Matt LaFleur, I think, has already shown the capability to be adaptive. Think about the difference between the 2016 team that he coached in Atlanta and then the 2017 team that he coached. They looked totally different. He didn't call plays. He didn't call plays until 2018 in Tennessee, the, the first time he called plays. And that's with Marcus Mariota, a quarterback who can run but has some limitations with his arm talent. No receivers to speak of, but a good tight end, Delaney Walker. And then a really good run game with a solid offensive line. Depending on what Jordan Love turns out to be, that seems like that is a really good place to start. And it's been a while since we revisited that. So I reached out to my buddy Ty Rowland, who hosts Locked on Titans, to get his perspective on the Matt LaFleur experience in Tennessee. He's going to share that in just a second before we get there. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your job faster and for free. That's the beauty of LinkedIn Jobs. I've been on LinkedIn for a really, really long time. I know a lot of people who have gotten jobs off LinkedIn. I am very grateful that I have not had to look for a job in a long time. But I know people who get communicated with on LinkedIn all the time and who have gotten jobs. Unlike the other people who are the kind of people who hire off LinkedIn. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leaning candidates, leading competitors. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow on the show. We continue with our offseason series. Um, and we have that, that uh, match quarters interview coming up, Cody Alexander, later in the week. Would love for you to subscribe to The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. And go check out Locked On Sports today. Um, it is a little bit of a dead zone in the Major League Baseball calendar with All-Star Week, which means it's a dead zone in the sports calendar. Summer League is here. That's cool. There's a lot of fun stuff to talk about with Summer League. Locked On Sports today. Still getting into it, man. We got a lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff going on over on Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories in sports in under 20 minutes. Go check that out. So let's let's see what Tyler has to say about his experience with Matt LaFleur, his first chance to say, this is what I think of with offense. Tyler Rowland here, host of the Locked on Titans podcast with my thoughts on the Matt LaFleur experience during 2018. Overall, I think LaFleur is a very smart coach. He really understands how to get defenses in bad positions and how to take advantage of the positions that defenses want to be in. One thing that really stands out to me from that season in 2018 was the Titans run game was so well coordinated despite the personnel 
being up and down for the 2018 Titans. That run game was able to find ways to catch defenses in the wrong look and then attack. Um, I think that LaFleur had a very good idea of how to scheme up opportunities for some of his players, and I think that might have been out of necessity. You have to think 2018, at least for the first half of the season, Derrick Henry wasn't the Derrick Henry that we think of today. And Marcus Mariota hurt his elbow in the first game of the year and had nerve issues throughout the year and could barely grip a football. So he was dealing with backup quarterback play. When Marcus Mariota played, it wasn't his best, uh, even considering what his best, the ceiling on that, what it actually is. So LeFleur had probably the challenge of creating offense when he didn't have really a lot of dynamic pieces on offense. Again, this is pre Derrick Henry's breakout. So I got to give LeFleur credit because what he was able to do is he was able to scheme up opportunities to outflank the defense where you don't need to be the most talented team ever. You don't need the best protection of all time. You don't need to win a route and create separation. You don't need the quarterback to make an amazing throw down the field. Something quick, swing pass, outside, quick screen, tight end screen, a little touch screen over to Derrick Henry, schemed up opportunities, quick throws for Marcus Mariota to get the ball out of his hands. Um, unfortunately, Marcus Mariota's demise kind of made it difficult on LaFleur, as I mentioned before, but I appreciate all of that schemed up plays that he called that aren't just your typical plays to see if your team can out-execute the other team. He's literally trying to will his team to points with his own intelligence. But I think what made him so great was also his downfall because the Titans couldn't just run a normal offense if they didn't have those schemed up plays, those quick little throws out, those sweeps to the running back, the, the... manufactured screens, those gadget plays, really. If the Titans couldn't hit on those, they couldn't score, and that's why their red zone percentage wasn't very good. And at the end of the day, we got to mention Derrick Henry wasn't Derrick Henry, but LaFleur was giving Deion Lewis the bulk of the carries throughout the beginning of 2018 before Henry kind of turned it on. So it's a double-edged sword there where LaFleur's greatest asset also felt like to me something that he struggled with, but he was limited by personnel as well. I think LaFleur had had a good enough plan of attack and obviously was a good enough coach to get a head coaching gig and do very well with the Packers in the years to come. So up and down, tough personnel to deal with, but his blessing is his primary curse as well, relying too much on his own brain rather than letting his players win in a normal environment. So I remember going back and looking at what the the Titans were doing and thinking, this is a really well-designed offense because there's just not a lot of talent on this team. On the one hand, you go, okay, this really makes you excited about what this offense can be this year because the skill talent is a question. It's a good offensive line, a good run game, a quarterback with some question marks. Maybe he can answer all of them, but like, let's just go in and say, okay, Marcus Mariota that season, certainly that was like his worst that that he had played to that point. I think he was probably worse last year just in a vacuum. But he was still a young, promising quarterback at that point in time. Jordan Love can do a lot more than Marcus Mariota could. But there were times when you go, the scheme here is gorgeous. And it wasn't just McVay stuff. It wasn't just Shanahan stuff. They were, they were running zone read because Marcus Mariota could do that. They had some of that interesting gadget stuff, the quick game gadget stuff, that you don't always see in some of those other offenses. But... To Tyler's point, this is an issue in the red zone right now for Green Bay. If the gadget doesn't work, what can they go to? And they 
I think part of that is talent. You have to be able to out execute people. Like there, there are a lot of teams that with some good scheme can can create some explosives off gadget plays, but consistency is going to be a problem because you just don't have the talent to win play in and play out. I think the Packers have both the talent and the scheme. But there's also this question about brain drain. LaFleur has this great quote, there's nothing more lonely than when you're not having good success and you're the play caller. It's easy when things are good, everybody has an idea, but when you're not having success on offense, it's like crickets on the headset. Who is he going to lean on? Nathaniel Hackett was that guy. We don't know what Adam Stenovich is doing in those situations. We just don't know. I'm not saying he's doing nothing. I'm not saying he's doing anything. I'm not saying he's doing great. I'm not saying he's doing bad. I don't know. We don't know. We are pretty confident that Tom Clements has had a positive impact on Jordan Love Jordan, to the point that Jordan Love vouched for him and said, let's bring him back. So you need that infrastructure as well. You look around at these teams and Sean McVay has done a really good job of surrounding himself with guys who can help him and support him to the point that those guys are getting hired elsewhere and then going out and have success. That is true to a point for Kyle Shanahan as well. Mike McDaniel looks like one of the bright young coaches in the league. So what are the what are the Packers' answers here? And what's interesting is this is going to be an evolution. It is a moving target. Let's go back to that Robert Sala quote. The point of this offense is to find space, and it's the defense's job to move that space. You can't defend everything, so you got to move the space from where the, the offense wants it to be to where the defense wants it to be. And then you, you need a quarterback who can manipulate that space. There's a great anecdote that I'm going to close with. Sean McVay, the decisive play in the Super Bowl that they won was a bad play call, according to Sean McVay. It was a play they'd never repped, but they designed it. They'd never run it in a game. They called it in this high leverage spot and the Bengals had the perfect defense called. It should not have worked. It should have been DOA. Von Bell drops right into the area where Cooper Cup is supposed to be. But Stafford holds him just long enough with a no-look throw to get the ball to Cooper Cup. Now, I'm not saying anything about Jordan Love and his abilities, comparing him to Matthew Stafford. I'm, I'm not. But I'm reminded of the play from Philadelphia on the cover two. It's not, it's not actually cover two, but the whole shot that he throws to Aaron Jones that gets dropped. And I, I know we marvel at the throw. And the throw is incredible. It is in that sort of S tier of plays. A lot of quarterbacks can make one great throw. What makes that play stand out to me is it was defended perfectly. They'd run that same concept earlier in the game. And Love had hit. There's a little out route with a go route on the outside. From the slot, they run it out, and then you've got to go on the rail. Darius Slay is sitting on that out. Love reads it in real time, sees that it's not there. You have the safety hauling ass to get to the sideline to take away Aaron Jones on that go route. They know this concept is coming. And Jordan Love puts the ball the absolute only place it could be. 
if you're going to go into this and think, okay, this has a chance to succeed because even when you're wrong, the quarterback has a chance to make you right. That is the kind of thing that Sean McVay was searching for when he went to find Matthew Stafford. That is the kind of thing the 49ers were searching for when they traded all those picks to get Trey Lance. It didn't work out, but that's what they were looking for. We have a glimpse of that with Jordan Love. If there's more in there, I think what we have is an opportunity for Matt LaFleur to work with him and design an offense that can be more than just gadget plays because they're going to be able to execute at a high level and make an actual offense work. We've seen that the last few years, the RPO game. It's worked. You can't just build the whole plane around Devontae Adams unless you have Devontae Adams. And then you can. They've adapted it. They've evolved. They've changed. How are they going to do that this year? Well, a lot hinges on what you're getting from Jordan Love. And a lot hinges on what you're getting from Matt LaFleur. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow a lot more. This is a really fun episode. Go listen to the Play Callers. It is an incredible series. Jordan Rodriguez did an amazing job. And go listen, if you missed it, go listen to our series that we did with her. The conversation we had, I had a blast talking to her. So um, go find that. I'll, I'll tweet it out as well. So you can you can go check it out there. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, we're going to be going live on YouTube for a number of things in the upcoming weeks. And then, of course, every day or every week in the NFL season after the games. So you can stay Locked on Packers. 